Hi, I'm Sue Alphys from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 37. And today I'd like to talk about books, weddings, and lots of passion. Weddings. That's what I'm going to start with today because weddings have been on our mind all week. It's only five weeks until my son Callum gets married to his fiancée, Casey. Yeah, and they announced their engagement oh, quite some months ago. And all of a sudden, the wedding is here, it's on our doorstep, and we're busy trying to make our final arrangements. And our biggest problem has been finding wedding clothes. That's what we've been doing this week, making sure that all the girls and myself have something to wear to the wedding. Andy, my husband, it's going to be really easy for him. He'll just wear one of his suits. And Duncan, he's going to be a groomsman, so he's also got a suit that he ordered and he's bought. But girls, I've got to find something for the girls to wear on a day in the second week of spring, which is really quite cool here where we live still. It won't have warmed up by the time um, five weeks is over. Summer, it will still be a fair way off. So we've been looking for clothes that will be bright and cheerful, sort of wedding-like, but also will keep us all warm yeah, on a day that could be very cold. What are they going to wear? We haven't got many clothes shops where we live. I guess we could have got hopped on a train and gone to Sydney and had a look at all the shops there. We're about an hour and a half away from Sydney travel-wise time. But we don't really like going to Sydney. We're not city people. And the thought of walking around and around shops for a holiday and then maybe not coming home with anything suitable really did not appeal to any of us. So we've been internet shopping, browsing all the clothes shops online. And this has proved a bit of a headache too, because unlike ordinary shops going to a shopping center where shops run out after a while, you've been in and out all of them, and if you haven't found anything, you just have to go home. Whereas on the internet, you just keep looking at page after page after page and doing another Google search and page after page. And we've been ending up with headaches because we've been spending too long on the computer looking for the perfect wedding clothes. Yes, finally, we found something. And I've got a new favorite website. It's called Bird's Nest, and it's obviously a clothes website. They're situated in a little place called Cooma in New South Wales, and they have heaps and heaps of lovely clothes that we would wear. But what I like about the website is that they categorize everything many different ways so that you can look up things as individual items like uh, skirts or dresses or lingerie, or you can look up personality types like student or they've got yummy mummy or they've even got yummy granny. And then they put outfits together on their site so that you can see what they would look like and get some ideas about how to mix and match. And I found three dresses that would be suitable for Imogen, Charlotte and Sophie, and so I ordered them. And the dresses arrived, it only took two or three days to get here, and the girls were really excited when the parcel landed on our doorstep. Two of the dresses were just perfect, but unfortunately Sophie's had to be returned because it was too big. 
But we did that, and we've got another dress organized, which is already in the post, and that should arrive maybe tomorrow or Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. So I think the wedding clothes problem has been sorted out. So our other problem this week has been deciding on a wedding gift. I didn't want to buy Casey and Callum anything like a toaster or towels or crockery, anything like that. I'm sure they're going to get loads of that um, from their other friends and family. I want to give them something that they're going to treasure, hopefully for the rest of their lives. So I decided that I'm going to give them exactly what I gave Felicity and her husband, Graham, when they got married, and that is a set of rosary beads each. Now, these aren't just ordinary rosary beads. I'm asking a friend of mine, who's called Anne, to make them especially for Casey and Callum. I've given her a few ideas about themes that she could base her rosary beads around. She makes all sorts of beautiful ones. She describes rosary beads as handmade vintage reproduction rosaries. And if you go onto her her website, All Beautiful Catholic Beads, you can also get to her website through her blog, Under Her Starry Mantle. And she has a gallery of all her rosaries, her tenors and her chaplets and other jewelry that she makes for people. And they are so exquisite. They're absolutely beautiful. And I can't think of anything that I'd rather give Callum and Casey than a set of her rosary beads, one each. And I think Anne's going to make the sets matching in some way. And I really can't wait to see them. So that's our wedding news. What has that got to do with unschooling? Well, probably not a great deal, but it is all part of our lives and things that we've been doing this week. Now, another thing that we've been doing recently is revising the manuscript of my children's novel, The Angels of Abbey Creek. Originally, I just wanted to fix up a few grammatical and punctuation errors that I noticed in the book, but I ended up rewriting bits of it. I didn't change the stories at all, but I made my sentences better, I tightened up my writing, I changed some of um, the passive voice sentences to active ones, just trying to make the manuscript a little bit better, improve it. And I think with writing, I talked a lot about writing last week, And the fact is that we're always learning. We're always, hopefully, getting better and better at what we're doing as we learn more and more. And so we look back at our past pieces of writing, including my book, and we can see how we can improve it. We've learnt more. And we're never satisfied when we look back. Well, I wasn't. I look back and thought, oh, wow, I could have written that a whole lot better. So that's what I did. I improved my book. Well, I hope that people think that it's an improvement. I'm a lot more satisfied with it. I wonder if, you know, another a time will come where I'll look back again and I'll think, oh, look, I'm not satisfied with it anymore. Shall I revise the manuscript again? I guess there also comes a time where we have to stop and say, well, look, I've done enough on that. I'm going to move on and work on something else. But while I was doing the manuscript again, I decided that I might as well give the whole book a new look. So we decided to give the book a new cover. Charlotte drew me a picture to use on the cover of the book so that we can use that instead of the stock image, which is on the original cover. It's a picture of one of the characters, and I rather like it. And I think it looks much more appealing than the 
the original cover. Now Imogen helped me by inserting that image into the cover design. She did all the arranging of the elements of the cover, resizing it, getting it to match the dimensions that we'd need for the book. And Sophie and my husband, Andy, they helped me by reformatting my book. We did some of changes in the way it was laid out to make it look more attractive. And then when the manuscript file was ready and the book cover file was ready as well, Imogen uploaded them to Lulu for me. And then we ordered a proof copy. We waited five days or so for our proof copy to arrive. And it arrived, I think, last Thursday. And I think it looks really good. There was just one slight problem with the wording on the spine. It wasn't centered properly, so Imogen got back on the computer again and did some more uh, work with the cover. And then we uploaded a new book cover file and ordered a second proof copy. It's a bit frustrating. Uploading files, ordering proof copies, and then waiting waiting for them to arrive before we know if what we have done is okay, whether we have to make any more changes. So it takes time to get all this right. And I'm just hoping that this week the second proof copy will arrive and it will be perfect. And that any copies that people buy from now onwards will be happy with, that we feel that we are giving them a good product. Well, at least I hope so. So if anybody does buy a copy of my new book, it will have a yellow cover. So the old one has the blue cover, the new one will have a yellow cover. I hope that you'll let, let me know whether you like it. Maybe come to my blog and leave me a comment so that um, we have some feedback. Revising my children's novel involved a lot of work and it involved a lot of people. Everybody in the family wanted to help me. So as I said, Sophie and Andy did formatting of the manuscript. Imogen and Charlotte helped on the book cover. Gemma Rose read things for me, was quite prepared to listen while I read her out some of the stories to see what she thought of them. We all shared our skills and we all worked on one project. I wrote a blog post this week about helping each other. It's called Being Part of the Helping Team. And I find that happens quite often that we'll all work together, help each other out on our various projects. I used to think that unschooling children, if they were allowed to follow their own interests, they would become self-absorbed and only interested in their own projects, that they would become selfish, um, yeah, going down their own pathways. They would work independently of each other and not really be interested in everybody else's work. And certainly I didn't think that they would be willing to share their skills in the way they do. But yes, unschooled children love sharing their talents and helping other people, sharing ideas, collaborating on various projects. And that has really been inspiring and uplifting for me. I like what looking around the family and seeing everybody helping each other. I think it also strengthens family bonds when we do things like that. And there's a lot of fun involved. We all worked very hard together. And when we have something like my book as the end product, we all feel that we have had a hand in it. It feels fully good. Yeah, if I said that too many times, it feels good. Well, it does. Now, there's 
another book project that we've all been working on this week. Well, mostly Sophie and I have been working on this one. And it's not my book, but a book by an author called Susie Andrews. Now, you might know Susie because she has written two homeschooling books, two books about unschooling. The first one is called Homeschooling with Gentleness, and the second one is called A Little Way of Homeschooling. Now, I met Susie Andrews uh, through her books, online, of course, because Susie lives in California, and of course, we live here in Australia. But I've got to know Susie quite well over the internet, and especially through exchanging long emails. We often chat about writing, yeah, through our emails. We've become writing friends. Now, Susie has a new book out, just published. It's her first novel, and it's called The Paradise Project. And Susie wrote this during a National Novel Writing Month. I'm not sure how many years ago. Maybe it was two years ago. Susie was the person who encouraged me to write my first NaNoWriMo novel. She also was very encouraging with my own uh, novels, my own children's novels, reading The Angels of Abbey Creek when it was in its draft form. And she's been very encouraging about the sequel, which is called The Angels of Gumtree Road, which has been finished. I finished writing that. I'm just waiting for illustrations before I'll publish that one. With the release of Susie's new book, The Paradise Project, Susie has turned her thoughts to getting a place on the web, somewhere where she can share her books and other treasures with her readers. Now, first of all, she thought that she might uh, have a website of her own or create a blog. And then she emailed me and said she didn't think that she was really a web person or a blog person. She didn't see herself writing blog posts. So I had this big idea. I invited Susie to have a page on my blog. I just wondered whether one page on my blog would be big enough for Susie. But she's been really excited about the whole idea. And over the last couple of weeks, we have exchanged dozens of emails about this project. The page is called Susie Andrews. I've put a button already on my menu bar, but the blog page itself is still under construction. Sophie and I have been working on it, trying to make it look attractive. Susie's been giving us the things that she would like to see on her page. And I think it will be a good page once uh, Sophie and I have finished formatting it, adding all the relevant information and adding images and things. Be a place where people can find out more about Susie Andrews and her books. So please visit my blog if you're interested in Susie Andrews' books. Maybe leave a comment on Susie's page for her. I'm sure she would enjoy that. And watch out for the finished page. Now I told you that Sophie has been working on Susie Andrews' blog page with me. But that's not the only uh, blogging work she has been doing this week. She's been working on her own blog template. I had an, a leftover paid blog template that I bought but didn't use. I decided that it wasn't really what I needed. And I offered it to Sophie. I said, would you like to play around with this blog template? It's got a lot of features and options on it. You may not want to use it, but you might like to just play around with it on one of your test blogs, because we all have test blogs where we try things out. Yeah, just try things out behind the scenes before we actually apply them to our real blogs. 
So Sophie was delighted with this idea. I gave her the link for the template download and she downloaded it onto her computer, uploaded it onto her test blog and has been playing around with it all week. Yes, spending many hours on it. Now some people might not think that that's a very worthwhile thing to do with your time, but Sophie has been really passionate about it. This is some of the passion I wanted to talk about. I've been watching her really engrossed in this project and learning more about HTML. And I think these are the sort of skills that are going to be very valuable in the future. Well, they're already very valuable, but as career-wise for Sophie, all the experience that she's getting with HTML coding and blog design, I don't think are going to go to waste. She has told me that she wants to be a photographer. That's her career dream. But photographers need websites, blogs, to keep in contact with all the people that might need their services or want their services. So I think that all this work she's doing with her own blog, if she decides to be a photographer, will come in very handy. I've been watching Sophie uh, manipulate the code. She's been sitting next to me while I've been changing my blog template. And I've realized that it is much easier to say, Sophie, would you come and help me do this than to work it out for myself? She has it all sorted within seconds where I might sit there for quite a few minutes wondering what to do and making mistakes about it all. So but she has very kindly sat next to me and I've been saying to her, well, how do I do this? And she says, well, you press this, mom, and you press that and do this and do that. And within seconds, we have done it. But I've gone one step further than that. I've given her the mouse and I've said to her, well, why don't you just do it for me and I'll watch. And I have been amazed at how quickly she has done things. And I'll say to her, well, what did you do? I, you did it too quickly. And she goes slowly for me and I have a look and I think, well, I never would have thought to do it that way. She has been doing things that I would never have thought of doing. She's got this blog template that I paid for that somebody professional designed and she has been modifying it to suit her own needs. Oh, I just added a bit of extra HTML code to this mum because I didn't like the way they had done that. I thought that I'd prefer to have it done this way. Yeah, it's just amazing, I think, what children can do. Not just my children, but all children. And especially children that have been used to using computers and they're out there on the internet, learning things, collaborating with others, picking up all these skills, which I feel are very essential for life Yeah, in the 21st century. So where is Sophie learning about HTML? She's teaching herself a lot just by uh, trial and error, but she's also using a coding site called Code Academy. They have a lot of lessons on that site. We tried it out, oh, maybe last year, and did so many of the lessons, and then it got put to one side. But just recently, Sophie and I have returned to Code Academy. Sophie is very motivated to work her way through all the lessons because she has a use for it. So I'm going to put a link to that on my blog if you haven't already seen that site. Another coding site that Gemma Rose and I have been dipping into is called Code by Maths, I think. And that one is about learning maths while you're coding. So you're learning two things at once. Now I've got some other computer technology to share with you and some more passion. And this time it's to do with Charlotte, who is 17. If you've been listening to my podcasts, you'll know that Charlotte started university work maybe two months ago, fairly recently. 
She's doing an open university unit, as well as a lot of other things of her own. But this is the first formal type learning that she has done. The unit is part of a degree called digital design. It's a Bachelor of Arts degree. Yeah, and I can't remember the name of the particular unit she's doing, but she has been writing essays. Her very first essay that she ever she has ever written, she wrote about two or three weeks ago. And we were talking about this in a previous podcast as well. How would she get on writing her very first essay after I never made her write an essay in all the years of, I guess, high school, the equivalent of her high school years? Well, she got 92 or 93% for her first essay, which gave her a great deal of confidence. So she's not having any trouble at all writing essays. But that's not all she's been doing. She's been collaborating with other people that are doing the same course on such things as PowerPoint presentations and blog design. They're using computer technology as part of their university unit. And Charlotte has had a big advantage over the other people in the group because she has blogged and she has watched us use all the technology such as using Audacity to record audio. Uh, My husband uses PowerPoint regularly, Uh, video making, all these sort of things that she's going to be using on her course. And there's some member of the family that has already used it. So we're back to helping each other. Uh, we've all been helping Charlotte share by sharing our knowledge of these areas so that she can use them for her university assignments. Now, she had no trouble with the blogging part because she's done that herself. I spent 10 minutes showing her how to use Audacity, and my husband showed her the other night how to use PowerPoint, and she's gone off and she's been yeah, doing her assignments with no problems at all, but she's been really enjoying them. Now, one thing that Charlotte has been doing on her own in the last two or three weeks is using a piece of software called Unreal Engine. And this software is used by people who make computer games. It's software that allows you to create 3D worlds. And it's really fascinating. It's uh, I had a look at it and I got a bit lost in it all. It looks very complicated to me, but not to Charlotte. She is enjoying herself tremendously working out how to use the program. Now, I can see Charlotte designing computer games as a career, and that was one of the things that she did say she would like to do. Her degree, uh, Digital Design, has a lot of computer game design, web design, all that type of thing, animation, 2D and 3D, digital drawing. These are all things that Charlotte is very passionate about. And I just love watching children who are involved with their passions. It wasn't so long ago that Charlotte felt a little bit lost. I guess she felt that she was getting to the end of what we would call, what most people would call the high school years. And she knew that she would have to move on to the next stage. Was she going to do a university degree or some other type of degree or look for work or whatever? She knew that the next stage of her life was coming along. And I think she wasn't quite sure what she wanted to do at maybe... I don't know, six, eight months ago, felt a little bit lost. But no, things have changed tremendously since then. I tried not to worry about it when she had this quiet period. I might have made a podcast about that time as well. It's probably one of the earlier ones about quiet times. Quiet times when kids 
don't feel that excited about anything in particular for a while, and that at times when parents might worry a little bit, children are supposed to be following their interests, but they don't seem to be interested in much at all. Sophie had a period like that maybe two two months ago, and I have always found that children bounce back from these times. Uh, yeah, regain their energy, they do other things for a while, ideas occur to them, they might stumble over something new, and then they're back into gear again, they're off. Life is once again very exciting, whilst Charlotte seems to have found the passion that she wants to continue as her career. I'm really happy about that. I'm really pleased that she knows at this stage what she wants to do. Of course, other ideas might occur to her later on. And that's all right, too, to move from one passion to another. As long as she's excited about something, she'll do okay. Very different from when I left school and had no idea what I wanted to do and just let myself get pushed along into a science degree at university when I didn't have a passion for science at all. I didn't know what else to do, so I didn't resist people telling me what was best for me. Of course, it was all a very big mistake. And since then, I have found out what my passions are. But yes, I took many, many years. And I hope it will be different for my children. So yeah, that's a bit of passion. I guess that's some of the things that have been happening in our last week. Now, if you'd like to go over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, you'll find that blog post that I mentioned earlier, being part of the helping team. You'll also see Susie Andrews's blog page, and I might be able to find some blog posts that are related to things that I have talked about today. You're also very welcome to go over to my Facebook page, Stories of an Unschooling Family, the same name, and join my community over there. If you would like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do that through iTunes. So I'd just like to thank everybody for listening to this podcast, and I'll probably be back with another one next week. But until then, trust, respect, and love unconditionally. <laughs> <laughs>